Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. From policy to culture, principles to politics, this is The Seth Liebson Show. Well, welcome back. I am Seth Liebson. Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. want to welcome back Jeremy, who is our producer pro tem today. Jeremy, thanks for doing this. Bill will be back tomorrow. Glad to have you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Glad to be subbing in. Thank you. Glad to have you, as always. If you call in and phone is answered, say hi to Jeremy. The big lie. That's what Democrats like to say Donald Trump and some Republicans stand for. It's not bigger, in fact. It's legions smaller than the lies of the left and the lies told every single day by this administration. We aren't in a recession. The border is secure. The border would be more secure if Republicans weren't obstructing the Democrats. There is no definition. There is no settled definition of a woman. Men can menstruate. Men can give birth. Our country was founded in 1619. The entire country is systematically racist when it isn't being run by people who are implicitly biased. Larry Elder is a white supremacist. Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. The withdrawal from Afghanistan was an extraordinary success. Vaccines keep you from getting COVID or from getting sick or from getting hospitalized or from dying. The president of the United States is Campos Mentis. Each and every one of those lies is far more dangerous than a belief about an election that Donald Trump has and that Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and Jimmy Carter continually held and still hold about a similar election, one that only took place four years before the one Donald Trump was talking about when it didn't go their way. And by the way, according to a poll from The Washington Post, Far more Democrats believe the 2016 election was stolen than Republicans think that of 2020. So if there is a big lie, it is bigger and more bigly believed by Democrats than Republicans by a margin of about 10 percentage points. More Democrats thought Trump illegitimately elected than Republicans think Biden is. As Byron York put it, Do you remember 24-7 commentary or any commentary bemoaning the refusal of Democrats to accept the election of Trump as legitimate? Neither do I. Which makes the entire moniker or monikerie of the big lie as belonging to Trump and the Republicans another, well, even bigger lie. Persin that issue for a moment and consider the lies of this administration. From the border to Afghanistan to the economy, each and every lie they tell is far more monumental and consequential, going not only to our and our allies' national security, but also to Americans' ability to be safe from crime, drugs, poverty. And someone might even say, who cares what Trump believes? But maybe there should be some concern for the facts on the ground for Americans, all of them, in their physical and economic safety and for our allies and for our enemies. Maybe 
and thinking about the consequences of lies, the furniture of Donald Trump's mind should be less important than the facts, the facts of everyday life for 330 million Americans and untold hundreds of millions of other people who don't live in America, that these democratic political lies' consequences land upon. Kamala Harris famously told Lester Holt last year when he asked her why she hadn't visited our border, she told him, quote, and I haven't been to Europe either. So what? Well, she's been to Europe now a few times, saying stupid things like Ukraine is a NATO member, which the White House had to scrub from the officially released transcript of her remarks. And she was in Texas again last week, but she didn't go to the border then, though she did tell CBS the border was secure. Just as Corinne Jean-Pierre told Fox News, people are not walking over and across the border illegally and that Republicans are obstructing greater border security. Right here, I cannot help but recall Vaclav Havel's point in his essay about the power of the powerlessness who live in a tyrannical and autocratic regime. He, having been imprisoned by them, put it this way, quote, the post-totalian, excuse me, Quote, the post-totalitarian system touches people at every step, but it does so with its ideological gloves on. This is why life in the system is so thoroughly permeated with hypocrisy and lies. Government by bureaucracy is called popular government. The working class is enslaved in the name of the working class. The complete degradation of the individual is presented as his ultimate liberation. Depriving people of information is called making it available. The use of power to manipulate is called the public control of power. And the arbitrary abuse of power is called observing the legal code. The repression of culture is called its development. The expansion of imperial influence is presented as support for the oppressed. The lack of free expression becomes the highest form of freedom. Farcical elections become the highest form of democracy and banning independent thought becomes the most scientific of worldviews, while military occupation becomes fraternal assistance. Because the regime is captive to its own lies, it must falsify everything. It falsifies the past, it falsifies the present, and it falsifies the future. It falsifies statistics. It pretends not to possess an omnipotent and unprincipled police apparatus. It pretends to respect human rights. It pretends to persecute no one. It pretends to fear nothing. And it pretends to pretend nothing. Close quote. That was Vaclav Havel. Sound familiar? In his book, The Image, the great American historian, historian Daniel Boorstin writes this, quote, What ails us most is not what we have done with American ideas, but what we have substituted for the American idea. We suffer primarily not from our vices or our weaknesses, but from our illusions. We are haunted not by reality, but by those images we have put in place of reality. Close quote. Now bear with me, for here is the root of the root. Dr. Burston put it this way, quote, the disproportion between what an informed citizen needs to know and what he can know becomes ever greater. The disproportion grows with the increase of the official's power of concealment, contrivance. The news gatherers need to select, invent, and plan correspondingly increases. 
close quote. So we are ever increasingly governed by what the media wants us to be moved by, what it decides or conceals or contrives should be important to us. Tyrants may want to ban media to conceal war crimes, but what of purported non-tyrants that want to ban media to conceal facts that might otherwise demand judgments and solutions in a democracy or a republic? In other words, what happens when we completely invert the entire project of popular government, where we no longer set up government by consent of the governed, and the Bill of Rights becomes so radicalized and denuded that it allows those in power the legal opportunity to coerce that consent, where authority here is used to control public opinion and not, as we used to understand it, where public opinion should be controlling authority. Many of you know I like to quote the scientist whistleblower from the HBO series Chernobyl. It's a fictionalized, semi-fictionalized account of what truly took place, and this scientist whistleblower is a composite figure. But the entire series opens up with this haunting quote from this composite figure, this Russian truth-teller. He says, what is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that we, if we hear enough lies, then we no longer will recognize the truth at all. I never want to hear about the big lie again. I never want to hear about it being ap- applied to the Republican Party. I never want to hear it being applied to the conservative movement. I never want to hear it being applied to Donald Trump. I never want it to be applied to anyone who supports the Republican Party, the conservative movement, or Donald Trump. For the left and the Democrats broadcast more untruths in any given day and a far more consequence. Life and liberty are those consequences. And so, too, is the whole notion and definition of truth. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. On 960 The Patriot. He's like a fly swatter for socialists. Seth Liebson on 960 The Patriot. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you are looking for a really great investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y-Refi. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm offering a fixed no load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a collateralized, secure portfolio. They're investors who do really well by doing good for others. You can be a part of that. Give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. Or check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Got an email um, during the break asking if I could repeat that point about uh, whose lie 
is bigger, whose lie is more believed, that the 2016 election was illegitimate, uh, a, lo- uh, a lie perpetrated uh, by Democrats, or that Donald Trump believes and Rep- a lot of Republicans believe the 2020 election was. Uh, sure, happy to do it. The poll comes from the Washington Post, and in their most recent polling, it shows that 58 percent of Republicans believe Biden was not legitimately elected. But, but, that's 58 percent. 67 percent of Democrats say Trump was not legitimately elected. That's better than a 10, that, yeah, that's, that's a 10-point difference. 58 percent, 67 percent. More Democrats believe Trump was not legitimately elected than Republicans believe that about Biden. Part of the effort to get people to believe that about Donald Trump and perpetrate their first and bigger lie was the whole Russian collusion story on which a shoe dropped today, a major shoe um, from the Durham investigation. Let me um, give it to you as reported by The New York Post. The Russian analyst charged with lying to the FBI about his role in the infamous Steele dossier was allegedly a paid confidential human source for the agency, for the FBI. Igor Donchenko became a paid FBI informant in March of 2017. That date should be interesting to you. He went on the FBI payroll in March of 2017. This is obviously after the 2016 election and months after the Fed started questioning him over his involvement in the dossier on former President Donald Trump, according to the filing by John Durham, the special counsel uh, tasked with investigating this. He pleaded, Danchenko pleaded not guilty to five counts of making false statements about some of the information he gave to Christopher Steele, for whom the Steele dossier is named, former British spy who was paid by Democrats during the 2016 presidential campaign for, you know, intelligence to gather ties between Russia and Trump. Uh, According to the court filing by Durham, from January 2017 through October 2020, and as part of its efforts to determine the truth or falsity of specific information in the Steele reports, the FBI conducted multiple interviews of the defendant regarding, among other things, the information that he had provided to Steele. In March of 2017, the FBI signed the defendant up as a paid, confidential human source of the FBI. Imagine that in 2017. This is now after the election. And as the New York Post puts it, it wasn't clear what information the FBI would be paying Danchenko for. I can speculate as to why you would want to pay someone who may have damaging information on you, why you would want to pay someone who might, so to speak, turn states evidence. Can't you? Can't you? Again, he gets hired after after the 2016 election by the FBI. Um, In his work for Steele's private intelligence firm, Danchenko was tasked with collecting information about Trump's possible links to Russia, which were used in the now discredited and since discredited Steele dossier. 
according to the indictment, he lied about several of the claims, including that Russia had a tape of Trump in a Moscow hotel room. With you get the whole, you remember that whole story. I don't want to get into that, but that was all invented. Um, Danchenko later admitted to the FBI that that scandalous set of details, that scandalous story, was based on nothing more than rumor and speculation. Rumor and speculation. Who's interfering with whose election at this point, folks? Who's creating a big lie in an election? The FBI had interviewed uh, Danchenko several times, several times in 2017 as they attempted to vet the materials included in the dossier. Now, remember, they're interviewing a man they have on their payroll. The call is coming. What's the line, Jeremy? The call is coming. From within the building. This is what we're talking about, folks, when we're talking about a deep state. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about corruption. I'm going to have um, Michael Anton on a bit later in the show. Uh, you may remember him as the author of the Flight 93 election essay and so much else. Since then, of course, now a professor at Hillsdale. We're going to talk with him about the rule uh, rule of and by elites, how they get away with doing what they're doing. He postulates three, three elements as to how they get away with what they get away with. One of the interesting ones, one of the interesting elements, uh, we'll get into it with him in the interview, I think, but one of the interesting elements is that the progressive left today never really thinks beyond the day, never really thinks about tomorrow typically never thinks they will be caught because they're all part of the same club, never thinks that what they say on day one can possibly be contradicted or used against them on day two. You want a good example of this? Here's a good example of this. We did the audio, I think, of this yesterday. Karen Jean-Pierre is the White House press secretary, and she was asked uh, yesterday about the border. uh, And she at once said, first, the border is secure. And then when she was pressed on this, she said it could be more secure if there weren't obstruction by Republicans. Okay, she said all that nonsense. The first thing is a lie. And the second thing is a lie. Not at all thinking about what tomorrow may bring, what we will do in analyzing it the next day. They can do this for two reasons. They can just operate for the day for two reasons. One, they have to get they know they have to get through just that one answer, that one tough question. That's their first job, just to come clean from the day's press event, clean from that interview. But two, they know that they will have, um, for lack of a better phrase, an amen corner in the commercial media that will cover for them. Why? Because the ends justify the means. This is why Karen Jean-Pierre has never, outside of Fox News, never been subject to a fact check in the Washington Post or from factcheck.org or anything like that. Jen Psaki was. We mentioned this yesterday, too. Jen Psaki was subject to a lot of fact checks. Um, so I would have done them differently, but she was at least subject to them, and she occasionally got the, uh, what is it, the uh, the four tomatoes, the four monkeys, the four uh, pants on fire alarms. But Karen Jean-Pierre never, never once, because they're doubling down now, I think, I think it's because they're doubling down now, right in front of an election. This is how they get away with it. They don't fully get away with it because we have 
blogs and we have some social media that isn't corrupted and pressured by the FBI and we have talk radio. It is our task and our job to collect all these things. And I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot to collect all of these things and have them ready and know about them for when your discussions come up as we are going into an election. As I say, reach one, teach one. That's how we're going to win this thing. We're not going to win it if we're not committed to this election, and we're not going to win it if we're not committed to truth, and we're not going to win it if we're not committed to exposing the lies and calling them what they are, lies. They are the big liars. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. 34 past the hour brings us the wonderful John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. Great way to read about his organization and to reach him. He is also the host of his own radio show right here on 960 AM every Saturday morning at 7. The Word on Wealth. How are you, John? Fantastic, Seth. What's happening? Well, <laughs> a lot. A lot. By the way, I did uh, notice stocks went up today, which is much, yeah. Yeah, much necessary in the right direction from yesterday. Yeah. But one of the other things that's being reportedly going up, which I wanted to get your thoughts on, were the mortgage rates surging. Mm-hmm. Mortgage rates. How did uh, our friend um, Steve Moore put it? He said they've climbed above 6% in most markets, up from about 2.7%, yeah. right, when mm-hmm. Donald Trump was in the White House. And he put a number on it. He says this raises payments on a 30-year mortgage for a half-a-million-dollar house by about Two hundred thousand dollars over the oh, life, life of the loan, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a big number, right? You yeah, think about two hundred thousand dollars. What you could do with that in retirement, right? Yeah. If that money was going into your four hundred one k, that's exactly right. Going into savings. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, talk to us about the mortgage rate hikes. Uh, is is this uh, is this an element from? From is this f- downwash from what the Fed has been doing? Is it part of the inflation generally? How do we get to this problem? Well, every time the Fed raises rates, that's a that's an increase in the cost of money. Right. And that's the cost of money. The, the Fed fund rate is uh, the money that the Fed lends to the banks, which, of course, if that, that rate goes higher, well, then that rate's going to go higher for the consumer mm-hmm. because the lenders, they're gonna, they need to make money as well. So if it's costing them more to borrow the money, it's going to cost you more to borrow the money. Uh, they're just going to pass that on right down the line to you. So absolutely, whenever the Fed raises rates, it absolutely has a direct effect on uh, mortgage rates. You were uh, ahead of the curve, John. It was uh, fantastic hearing you ahead of the curve a few days ago on this show talking about uh, a potential U.S. railroad strike. Right. Uh, since we interviewed you, I've seen uh, story after story on it <laughs> since. Have you noticed that? Did you notice I, I that? I have, yeah. They yeah. must have been listening to yeah, us. Yeah, well, they caught, up, or they, ca- or they caught up to what you were ahead of the curve on. Um, this itself could actually, if the strike materializes, could itself fuel more inflation too, couldn't it? Absolutely. I was hearing, I, I was listening to a, an interview. I think it was one of the... Um, I don't know if it was a former CEO of Walmart or yeah. the current CEO of Walmart talking uh, about the challenge that this could create for retail. Right. Um, and he just said if it was one day yeah. of a strike, yeah. that would be a challenge. If yeah. it were two days, if it was a week, he said it would be 
terrible. Right. And would create a tremendous amount of additional inflationary pressure uh, than already what we're feeling. And it's really important because you have to think about all those things that come overseas. Yeah. They get put on railroads, they get brought to distribution centers, and then offloaded onto trucks, of which then the trucks do the deliveries to the stores. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle here, but it starts at the railroads. So if there is not some type of an agreement here, that could be a real challenge. But the railroads are saying that there won't be a lockout uh, as negotiators are still meeting with Labor Secretary Walsh right now. So we'll hopefully come to a resolution before the strike happens. On They're talking midnight on Friday, possibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll keep our eye on it. And thank you for opening our eyes to it ahead of the curve. John, one other thing I wanted to get your take on. Uh, we're talking, obviously, about uh, inflation mm-hmm. as, as harming the American consumer and the American everyone, everyone. Uh, the other report that's just come out re- is that U.S. incomes have not grown uh, for a second year in a row as well. I think this came out of a Census Bureau report. Are you worried about, is that something you're worried about and keeping an eye on too, incomes failing to grow? Well, uh, yeah, and that was certainly something that came out in the CPI report yesterday yeah. uh, where they talked about uh, last year that the uh, they felt comfortable and confident because wages weren't being increased. Right. But then we, we didn't see, we see the inflationary pressure still there, but we're not seeing the uh, wages increasing. So for those out there who are still working, still holding down a job, uh, yeah, the cost of everything's going up for you, but your wages are not going up. Yeah. So yeah, that's obviously uh, something that the pain is going to be felt. Now, what's going to wind up happening possibly, Seth, is that people may have to start borrowing. You know, one of the big issues for people, inflation uh, for people, is the cost of housing, yep. the cost of rent. Yep. Uh, even though the cost of food is going up, but that cost of rent is going to be critical because that's where we live, right? And yep. uh, if you can't afford your rent, you're either going to have to move to an area maybe of the uh, city that's going to make it more difficult for you to travel to get to work, uh, or it might be in an area that's less desirable for you, for your children, for yep. their school, and so forth. Yep. So it's going to be a real challenge moving forward. And I know that the president was celebrating uh, the Inflation Reduction Act yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, uh, th- there is a long road ahead of us um, to get things in order before there should be any celebrating going on. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's not. It's going to take more than a little bit of a James Taylor concert, isn't uh, yeah. it? Yeah. Well, that uh, yeah. was eerie, wasn't it? I mean, you know, and I mean, I, he's an icon and all, yeah. but I got to tell you, one hit, one song and I'm done. It's like, <laughs> I can't take it. It's so depressing. We're done with James Taylor. Oh, <laughs> I am Seth Leapson. John Dombrowski, do you want to do your very famous typical sure, Al McCoy here? Sure, sure. Securities and Advisory Services offered through Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Tippett, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Shazam. Shazam. Thank you, John Dombrowski. You got it. <laughs> I'm Seth Leapson. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward, especially as a hedge against inflation and a failing economy where gold 
tends to maintain its value along with other precious metals. If you're interested in precious metals in your portfolio to help protect your savings, your investment, your future, please check out my friends at the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. It's the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already trust and know. I own precious metals from him. So does Seb, and so do a lot of you. If you're interested, check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. I, um, I almost would never do what I'm about to do, which is play an extended clip of audio for you. But I have to because it is so good. It is so good because it is so enlightening. It is so enlightening because it is so damning. This is uh, Anthony Fauci today uh, being interrogated by Rand Paul in the U.S. Senate. It will open with audio you perhaps have already heard in the past. We've played it. Others have. It's audio of Anthony Fauci back in the 2000s talking about vaccines on C-SPAN. Rand Paul is confronting him with this. Uh, Just take a moment and listen to what, what, just how enlightening this is. Uh, But she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no, if she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And if if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. This is an ongoing question, and, you know, we've had ever-evolving opinions from you, Dr. Fauci. Currently, antibody surveys show that uh, 80% of children, approximately 80% of children, have had covid And yet there are no guidelines coming from you or anybody in the government to take into account their naturally acquired immunity. You seem quite certain of yourself in 2004, but in 2022, there's a lot less certainty. One of the things that we also know after looking at this for two to three years uh, is that the mortality uh, from COVID is very similar, if not less than, than influenza. So when we look at this, we wonder, you know, why you seem to really embrace basic immunology back in 2004 and how you or why you seem to reject it now? Well, I don't reject basic immunology, Senator, and I have never denied that there is importance of the protection following infection. That's a lie. As we have said many times and as has been validated by the authorization of the by the FDA through their committee and the recommendation by the CDC through their committee that a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. I believe that was when someone called in who had had a reaction to a vaccine and asked me through a telephone in the interview if they should get vaccinated again. So it was in the context of someone who had a reaction. As a matter of fact, Reuters fact check looked at that and said Fauci's 2004 comments 
do not contradict his pandemic actually, actually, words don't lie. If you look at the words behind me, we can go over them a little bit at a time. She doesn't need it because the most potent vaccination right. is getting infected yourself. It so, is true. It is true, Senator. It is a very potent way to protect. So when you're trying to tell us that kids need a third or a fourth vaccine, are you including the variability or the variable of previous infection in the studies? No, you're not. Because when you have approved vaccines in recent times and the committees that have approved it for children don't report anything on hospitalization or death or transmission. They only report that if you give them the jab, they'll make antibodies. And you can give kids hundreds of jabs and they'll make antibodies every time, but that does not prove efficacy. So what you're doing is denying the very fundamental premise of immunology that previous infection does provide some sort of immunity. It's not in any of your studies. Almost none of your studies from the CDC or from the government have the variable of whether or not you've been previously infected. So let's look at adults. I've had three infections. Should I get a fourth one? If you're going to measure whether I get a fourth one, you need a, a category that has a fourth one in it. And you need one that has nothing in it, no vaccine or the fourth vaccine. But you also need to know whether they've been infected. If you ignore whether they've been infected, you're ignoring a vaccine, basically. So you're ignoring a variable. So what you're giving us is this, the, you decry, and people decry vaccine hesitancy. It's coming from the gobbledygook that you give us. You're not paying attention right. to the science. The very basic science is that previous infection provides a level of immunity. If you ignore that in your studies, if you don't present that in your committees, you're not being truthful or honest with this. Uh, Senator, if I might respond, I have never, ever denied fundamental immunology. In fact, I wrote the chapter in the textbook <laughs> of medicine Is it any on of the, fundamental any, any of the immunology. Any of the guidelines for vaccines, you know, do any of the guidelines for vaccines from the government include previous infection as something to base your decision-making on with vaccines? Do uh, any of the guidelines involve previous infection? That's why you're ignoring previous right. infection, because it doesn't involve any of the guidelines. And furthermore, we've been asking you, and you refuse to answer, whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. Right. We've- this, is, this is so unbelievably damning if it gets reported. The idea that he hasn't discounted um, in previous immunity due to infection is a lie. Exactly a year ago, Sanjay Gupta asked him about an Israeli study showing natural immunity to being 27 times more effective than the vaccination. Do you know what he said? I'll give you the direct quote reading from the CNN transcript. I don't have a firm answer to you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. This was so incredible. I remember hearing it on Adam Carolla's show. He said, wait a minute, this guy's been doing this forever, and it's now occurring to him for the first time. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. Great product, best product I've ever taken to boost your immunity, your health, your energy. You take it once a day and you are good to go. Just once a day. 
pure, potent plant power. 100% natural, every part of it. 100% no added colors, no added sugars, no added anything. Just a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in one daily dose. And you can access it too at balanceofnature.com. Just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Bill's in Mesa. Hello, Bill. Hi, Seth. I have a, a couple of points to make about the arguments about the 2016 and 2020 elections, the claims that they were uh, stolen. Um, it seems that if the Democrats really wanted to prove that, they would have investigated the 2016 election. But they, they resisted doing it's a that. Fantastic a point. It's a fantastic point. They have no interest in this because they're still well, perpetuating the lie. Well, they would be exposed as fraud. That's right. And they're, that's but they're still they they're it. still perpetuating it. Hillary is still oh, saying sure. it. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yep. And that's why they resisted the 2020 investigation. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that sunlight, it, well, Louis Brandeis put it, that sunlight is the best disinfectant. The Democrats know that. They do not want any of these investigations, and probably more than anything else is why they're fighting harder than anything else to keep the Republicans from taking Congress in November. They know that Congress has the same power that they have used Congress for, the power of investigation, the power of subpoena, the power uh, to refer criminal matters uh, to perjury to, uh, to Congress, to lying to Congress too. Uh, federal prosecutors. Uh, this is why they are fighting so hard on it, Bill, I think. Don't you? Did I lose you? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And and that's why they are resisting so much on the 2020 investigation. Yeah. It's just they had to create the narrative that it was, you know, in the 2016 election that it was, you know, uh, a Russian hoax. I just hope their power is uh, slipping away uh, bit by bit, grain of sand by grain of sand, as these things become more and more revealed. The Durham, uh, uh, the Durham shoe dropping today is another series of grains of sand falling out from their power and their power base and their elite lies that they think they can get away with. And, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they can't get away with what the American people choose and decide on when they've had enough. And I think they've had enough. When you have poll after poll showing between 70 and 90 percent of the American people believe this country is on the wrong track. I saw a Democratic operative at the White House yesterday doing a video celebrating how great it was to be with the Biden administration and all of the good it's done for America. Simple question. Then why do 70 to 90 percent of this country think that Biden administration has us going on the wrong track? They're afraid of their own people. That's not a good thing for an elite party, an elite governance, an elite structure, and an administration to be. You shouldn't be afraid of your own people. They are. I'm glad they are, because we're going to show them the same kind of democracy they've shown us when we come back, when we come back after November. Don't give up. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.